Welcome to the Small Business Community Network podcast, your connection to the small business community. Visit us online at www.sbcncanada.org and find out how we can help your business grow. We're proudly supported by TELUS, the future is friendly, and by Prime Information Security, because business is risky enough. everyone, it's Linda OJ here, co-founder of the Small Business Community Network with another SBCN Small Biz Podcast. We have our regular guest here, Steve Bentley, Northern River Financial, who is celebrating his birthday today. Hey, Steve. How are you today? I'm doing well, but you must be having a great day celebrating your birthday in this lovely weather. It's amazing how many people reach out to you on your birthday, but as I like to tell them, it's the 24th anniversary of my 29th birthday today. So I like that. Yeah, I like that. I'm having fun. <laughs> Good for you. Um, I really enjoy our conversations um, when we chat over the podcast, Steve, and you've come up with an awesome topic today, why you need to be selling your company every day. So what does that mean exactly? And, you know, where did you find the, um, the thought for that? All right. I think everybody needs to be read as, as a business owner, keeping abreast of information and, and insights. And one of the things that I like to do is read over some publications. And one of them I came across was in the Globe and Mail in Toronto. And it was basically the concept of why you need to be selling your company every day. And it's an interesting term because everybody would think, well, what do you mean selling my company? But that's not the real moral of the story. The real moral of the story is how you should be viewing your business every day. Um, and I guess the quote that really caught my eye was, each day you should run your business like you're in the process of trying to sell it. And I thought, really? And that caught my interest. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's a really, really good thought. So um, is this, this, isn't, is this, this isn't really to do with selling our business eventually, is it? Is it about selling to other people our products and services? Are we talking about you know, succession planning? I think it might combination is, is, is a couple of those things, but I think the primary one is how you should view the value of your business every day because you never know in terms of if you have to make a change, if you have to potentially sell your business, but I think it really gears down to most people as a reflection on how your business is performing. Um, and, and that's why I look at it to say, you know, really you should be looking at the health of your business on a, on a very regular basis. And sometimes we're so busy in the day-to-day, we lose the bigger sight. And then it's really important that it be operating at its efficient level. And that why, that's why it's almost like selling a house. When you're going to sell a house, you're going to do everything you can to make it look pretty. You're going to do everything you can to stage it. You're going to do everything you can to market it. You're going to be very informed about what price you want for it and you're engaging people to try and do that for you. So I look at it that way as mm-hmm. reflection mm-hmm. on how people see your business mm-hmm. in terms of the value and the propositions that you put forward. Okay, that's making sense to me now. And I do know um, I come across various businesses over time that say, well, I've been trying to sell my business, but I've had no luck. So probably they haven't done the planning that you're suggesting. But also I'm finding it depends on what business you're selling. Now, if we talk about the print, um, print business where people print your business cards, flyers, stuff like that, it's becoming more and more difficult for someone if they haven't got a succession plan and it's not going to stay in the family, whatever, to sell those kinds of businesses because a lot of people are doing that kind of work in-house, aren't they? 
Yes, I think it's important. And I, I think you touched on a very important point as a financial planner, looking at succession strategies and looking at, uh, you know, having just gone through that type of exercise myself a couple of years ago, it's important that you know the value of your business because that becomes part of your succession strategy. In other words, what is the value of your business at the point when you're going to then turn around and not be in that business anymore and either want to sell it or know that you've got assets to pass on? And certainly part of what you just talked about is the fact that as a printing business, it is so much different than it was years ago. And a lot of that stuff people can do online, people can buy and do themselves, can do inexpensively. So you got to look at the intrinsic value of your business. One of the article points was, you know, basically said, your goal as the owner or manager of a company is to increase your business's intrinsic value. So I think it's important that people look at that value point really in terms of the success of the business, but also, you know, what are they going to retire into and what are they going to have at that point of retirement? Okay, that, that I was going to ask what intrinsic means, but now you've told me because I'm not very much into these, you know, buzzwords. The other thing, the other thing I've discovered over time because I'm very much into online businesses, and I can't name any names, obviously, but a couple of years ago, uh, um, an online business was sold to quite, um, you know, a public, you know, bigger company, one that's you know really out there. And they hadn't done their homework. So it's not just about us selling our business. It's about who's buying it off us doing the homework. And the business wasn't as valuable as they thought for lots of reasons. And with online businesses, this could be difficult. But, I mean, what, what advice do you give if, if it's primarily an online business and you believe you've got certain assets, but then it, it falls over mid-negotiations because it doesn't look as healthy as, as you would think? I think the first thing is to open your eyes. I think people need to get some real key uh, value in advice, basically from some of the people that they liaise with, not only, let's say, their accountant, but also their lawyer in terms of really looking at the value of their assets. I mean, if you're dealing with an online business, a lot of it doesn't have a lot of asset value. It's not like you've got physical equipment or office space or things that are tangible. A lot of it really is technology and there's no real resellable value to that technology other in terms of goodwill or or, or as as an existing brand. So I think the biggest thing that I like to go back to is looking at it is more trying to focus on your value and the company's value. And I think Really, that is a very strong and single best measure of how well you're running and building your business as well. So, If I can just jump in, though, um, today a lot of online businesses are purchased or taken over for data or, or for, like, you know, the, the information they've gained from, from people who are using those online businesses. Does that make sense? So basically, what what is that worth if somebody was going to buy the business? I think what you're talking about is, is the concept of goodwill. In other words, they're selling the business, they're selling proprietary information, selling a proprietary idea, concept. The data is important, the software and the technology behind it is important as well. But I think people need to realize that the ability to sell that kind of company is very challenging in today's world. And there's a lot of people who have and have done very well by it. But there's a lot, and you look in the startup community, for example, how many people are getting into businesses, they got this great conceptual idea, some of them do sell well, and the bigger companies that are buying it, because they don't want to reinvent the wheel, they're just buying the existing entity and absorbing it into their own organization mm-hmm. or running it independently, but some people, like in the startup perspective, you got to look at business beside that, you know, you can't just look at the concept or the idea, you got to look at, well, are people really interested and willing to buy it, 
And I think that's a challenge really in our in our technology world right now. That, that, that's a really good explanation. The other thing is I'm kind of really fond of my businesses and I'd like them to carry on afterwards, whether it's family or, or whatever. But a lot of the larger organizations um, do, you know, what they call purchase. There's another word for it. I can't remember what the word is, but they they buy other businesses primarily to close them down after one or two years and then that brand disappears altogether. And it's kind of sad, isn't it, that, that that happens? I can see why, but it's kind of sad, isn't it? Well, I think you look at a couple of good examples of the recent announcement that Yahoo was going to be purchased by Verizon in the States. The question is, are they buying it because they want the internet search engine? Are they buying it because they want to replace a competitor? Mm-hmm. And good so I think it's question. important that people understand that there's a lot of business that will go out there to buy their competition simply to wind it down. I'm not sure that you might not see that on the, on the shelf for BlackBerry at some point. Oh, my it's gosh. Really let's, just, let's, let's not go there. We're in BlackBerry world. We have to be good. <laughs> oh, I'm good. I love BlackBerry. You're on the right track, but I, I think they're not I, naive to think that I, might happen I, at some yeah, point. I personally have left it too late. That's just my opinion. But jump in from BlackBerry. Um, so we have lots of reasons why we decide to start a business, grow a business, and then think of a succession plan. And then from my perspective, I'm all warm and cuddly and that kind of thing. And I go, oh, my gosh, if you're going to buy my business, I don't want to close it down. I want to keep the brand going. So who do I sell it to? And then from your perspective, it's more about the, you know, the, the bottom line, how, much, how many dollars you know, is it worth, that kind of thing. Is there anything else we should be thinking about when planning for the future of our business? I mean, let's imagine we get sick and we need to sell the business then. Does that put us in a bad place? Like, you know, because people know we have to sell the business because of ill health, will we get less money for it? I think that's part of the just of the discussion we're having right now is having a, a day-to-day perspective in terms of the value of your business because the one thing you can't control is fate and you never know when life is going to hand you, you know, a rotten situation in terms of an illness or, or, you know, have a family member passes away or whatever the situation is, and you may not be able to continue to operate that business. So it's important to do whatever you can to put risk protection in place, you know, if you have an illness or injury and have challenge running your business, but also know that it could change at the drop of a hat and you need to know your business is viable. It, it's totally efficient and it's in a position where it easily could be sold. And there's some businesses that certainly are not easy to sell. I think mm-hmm. if you look, for example, like any kind of business that owns real estate, I mean, real estate is not a liquid investment. It can take time to sell properties. So it's important mm-hmm. you look at the cash flow side of it as well. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I think part of the article and just this one little concept is, you know, basically how you're running today, what you are doing to keep it relevant and meaningful to your customers in the short term, and mm-hmm. how you establish and execute on your grand long-term vision. In other words, looking at the short term, but also keeping an eye to the long term. Yeah, and there's the loyalty involved, like loyal customers. So uh, a couple of years ago, again, can't name names, but someone was um, someone purchased um, auto automotive repair place, garage, whatever you want to call it, and basically a lot of the loyal customers walked away. So do you think um, he's... The price he paid for that business was based on lower customers, equipment, um, you know, future customers. How, how would you, how would you kind of decide on a price for that kind of business? I think the assets really aren't really holding a lot of value. A lot of the value is in the existing client and customer base. And I think the difficulty people think is that because business has been along, and you take this in family business, you know, like a garage has been run by family for 50 years. They built up a very loyal clientele and people 
are used to how they are conducting business and are used to them. And when there's a change like that, sometimes those new incumbent owners cannot bring the same set of values that those customers were experiencing. And sometimes, you know, they look at that and say, well, I don't really have a connection with that business anymore because Joe and Smith, mm-hmm. you know, Joe and Jennifer are gone and, and now Bob and Sue are running it. And so, mm-hmm. you know, we need to reevaluate that decision. And, you know, it's amazing to look at the statistics, how many people leave you know, a loyal customer base just because there's a change in ownership. And the other it's thing actually about quite hot. If, if it's if if it's a sale that involves any equipment at all, and you know more about this than me, whether it's computer equipment or automotive equipment, you've got to take into account. And I don't know the right words for this, but you do. Um, how old those things are because they lose value, don't they? So your price, if you're going to buy that kind of business you'd look at how all the computers were or all the other equipment or farm equipment if it was a farm business. So do you think people who are selling the business do all that homework up front before they are going to sell so they're not disappointed? I would hope so, but I'm going to tell you there's probably a lot that don't, and that's why they should be working closely with their advisors to really have that information. Like if you look at their accounting side of it, those valuations should already be there, and there's an appreciative asset that Really, if you buy something 10 years ago and look at the value today, you should really understand looking at your financial statements, what is the value of that piece of equipment? So all of those things, when you look at selling a business, what you have to properly do is do that inventory and look at the assets and look at the things that have some value and calculate that value because it's one part of the equation. The other part of the question is what kind of revenue is the mm-hmm. business generating? How has it been performing over the last couple of years? Because that factors into the purchase price. And, and don't buy for, I know this sounds awful because I've just been talking about me being all fluffy and cuddly and that kind of thing and thinking, oh, my business, but don't buy, you know, with your heart doing the purchase. You've got to think of your, your brain, have you not think about, oh, you know, it'd be a nice business. Um, more, I guess, Tim Hortons, if, I've, if I remember rightly, has been purchased by Burger King. Is that right? That's a complicated transaction, but they're both the same entity now, yes. Okay. So, um, again, that looks like a straightforward purchase, and nobody seems to be suffering from it apart from, say, customers in some way. Because, like, I was in the Timmy's the other day, and I'm looking at the picture of Tim Horton, the hockey player who, you know, suddenly thought years ago, there's nothing like this around. I'm going to sell coffee and donuts. And I'm so, so disappointed with Tim Horton's now because it's becoming, I think, it's offering too much, it's changing too much, it's not Burger King yet, it might be one day, but it's lost its appeal to me, it's lost it, its uniqueness. And if I was Tim Hortons up in heaven, I'd be you know, saying, oh, I'm so sad my business isn't the same. And, you know, whether it's a big business, you know, Burger King, Tim Hortons, or a smaller business, you've got to think about, A, how you're going to feel when it's changed, but your customers, if they are going to stay loyal to it, I think the uh, key piece about that is Tim Hortons has become part of a much larger organization. I think it's in some way lost some of its personal touch. I'll give you an example. There was a time when all the donuts, and they used to have a lot of variety of donuts, and Canadians love donuts, and they'd go in there. That's one of the reasons they would go in there. It really started more as a, as a donut shop than it did as a coffee shop. But now they don't bake fresh in the stores anymore. They mm-hmm. bring in the partially frozen product. I mean, it's mm-hmm. not like it's been in, sitting in a freezer for weeks, mm-hmm. but it doesn't have the same no. quality. It doesn't have the same taste. So you're going to lose people over that, exactly. particularly when you've got competition like McDonald's and let's say Starbucks coming up, you know, the back end of, of that, uh, you know, challenge to their, their business structure. And that's why you see such a big competition right now between Tim Hortons and, and look at what McDonald's is doing. They're trying to copy and, and, 
reinvent and enhance on Tim Hortons' model. It's sad. Well, I've been in Canada 23 years, and it was so fun, and it was so much of a an experience when we used to, you know, visit Tim Hortons and when we had relatives over. And now, Tim Hortons isn't the place I would like to show off. I mean, it, it, for me, it's the newer coffee shops that are opening that, you know, have that uniqueness. So. There's a couple of things to take into account when you're selling your business, and obviously it says here in the awesome article that you shared with us that basically you should think of it like selling your house and you should get it appraised and keep thinking about how the value has gone up. You've got to think about the brand. You've got to think what the purchaser might be buying. You've got to think about your loyal customers, and you've got to think to yourself, well, if I sell it, that's it then. If it disappears, that's the way the cookie crumbles. I mean, there's not much you can do, is there? No, you know, another part of that article sort of ties into that, too. And I, I kind of like the wording of it. It basically says if your kitchen, just to use a completely different analogy, put this high into that. Your kitchen ceiling is leaking. You wouldn't wait for a home inspection to find the cause and fix it before you sell a house. Same thing, you don't wait to see whether your company's leaking opportunities and profits. In other words, people should not only just be looking at the valuation of their business, but also looking at, you know, KPIs, key performance indicators, which really measures all aspects statistically, of course, of how your business is performing. Mm -hmm. And really, they need to be watching that because they need to be watching the trends. They need to be seeing whether business is changing and being on top of that and, and not just take a blind eye to that because that can catch up to you very quickly and it can really impact on your bottom line. Mm -hmm. And really, the key piece to that, just as a final thought on that, is very simple. You take a retail store and all of a sudden, you know, three doors down, somebody else opens, yes. same business, but yes. a different concept and a different way of <laughs> going about it and, and you lose your customers or not because I mean uh, yeah. it, I feel bad for guys you know uh, in Canada primarily because Dave and my husband and I will go to a mall a shopping mall and there's very few <laughs> shops for guys sorry but there's a lot oh. for women and then I started doing my own appraisal now in my local mall and going whoa there's a lot of like um uh, what would you call it, skincare, independent skincare stores opening. And, yeah, they're in competition with the well-known ones, but they're still around, so they're doing a good job differentiating, you know, bet between the competition. Now, if someone wanted this kind of advice, Steve, you're a financial advisor. Do you help people with this kind of advice when they are in business early enough so that they can be helped? Well, whether it's early enough, it depends on when we engage with that particular person. Yeah, but absolutely, true. every day we have these discussions. It's part of the planning process. And the earlier people get started on that process, the, the better their business and their own financial well-being will be in the future. Because obviously anything, the earlier you start, the better it's going to work for you and the more success you're going to have. But leaving it to the last minute sometimes is a bit of a salvage and you know, really serious changes to a structure that hopefully will become, you know, something that becomes successful. But, you know, sometimes you have to tell people, look, the business you're in, it's just not working for you. And you have to be honest with them. And you have to say, you know, unless you do this, this or this, then you may have some challenge in five years, even being in existence, you know, and I don't think enough people run their business like a business. You know, they need to be a business-minded person. They need to know what their responsibilities are, all the different things they need mm -hmm. to take into consideration. It's not just selling bicycles. It's the business of selling bicycles. That's and important. a lot of, a lot of um, since I've been here in Waterloo Region, I've seen some really well-known bicycle stores close down. I don't know why. They haven't been replaced. But, again, the type of business you were operating, say, 10, 15, 20 years ago, might well not be be good to sell today because of the reasons we've spoken about. So what tip can you leave us before I let you go and enjoy your birthday, Steve? 
enjoy your birthday. Uh, I think the important thing is that people need to reach out and, and talk to people and do their due diligence and, and read and, and find as much information. And I think part of it is it's not just the day-to-day thing. It's doing your business, running your business, dealing with your customers. We've said this before. Part of that week has to be allocated to the time that you need to administrate and properly evaluate and run your business and look at the future planning for the business so you can encounter those challenges and those changes in your industry they are going to impact your business. The sooner you can take those on, Mm -hmm. the easier it is to make those transitions. What would we do without your wisdom and your your fantastic tips? Because basically, I think we've touched on quite a few things in the past couple of months, and you always open my eyes to you know the possibilities and the the things that could go wrong. And you you're one of my you know most trusted mentors. So I hope everybody out there is listening and pass this on. You know, if you're in business now, it's time to start evaluating, re-evaluating and finding out what's working, what's not. And if you are going to sell the business, you need to be aware of that very early on. Thank you, Steve. And You're uh, welcome. We'll chat again next week. Have a wonderful day. All right. Take care, Linda. Bye. 